Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that have come out today and a bunch of advanced comics because we don't even care anymore. Wow. No rules. When did we stop caring? You know what? All the rules went out the window, man. Whoa. You know what? Election 2016, man. Who even cares? We're going to review whatever (laughs) comics we want, man. This is our political statement. Wow. Our political statement is reviewing comics that came out today and also two weeks from now. Cool. So That's take a big that. Statement. We're going to take that right to DC Comics. That is, oh, and kick boy. it off with Lois Lane number one. Oh, now I was like, oh man, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I love this comic. Wait, I want to take it back to your first statement, Pete. Sure. Why were you not sure about it going in? Because it's Greg Rucka, it's Mike Perkins. Yeah, it's Lois an amazing Lane. team. Uh, Lois Lane is great, but sometimes she's handled weird. And this was just such a great, like, sometimes when I see Lois Lane, I love Lois Lane. And then sometimes when I see her, I'm like, that's not Lois Lane. And I was really happy with how they handled Lois Lane in this. Well, to that end, then, what do you think captured the character of Lois Lois Lane here? Who is she? She's a workaholic that, like, loves getting the scoop, the story, wants to kind of, like, have somebody eat it. You know, like, you're doing something wrong. I'm going to show the world, you know. I, I got to say, every word you said so far sounds like it either could have been a reporter or somebody who works at an ice cream shop. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, I agree with you. I mean, that is Lois Lane to a T. In this book, it is much grittier, much more real world. Superman does show up in the book. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts was the how... The hot shower scene? Well, specifically how Rucka handled their relationship, because these are two characters that really, truly love each other, have a relationship, care about each other, know each other very well. And I like seeing that. I missed that for a while while it was gone in DC Comics. Agreed. And I also really like the way they handle trust. Like there was this thing that happened to Lois and she's not ready to talk about it yet. And Superman very patiently was just like, hey, babe, I'm here for you when you're ready. And it wasn't, like, a huge issue. Like, he didn't freak out. She didn't freak out. I really thought the trust in the relationship was so huge and, like, really well captured. 
And it's great. It's great to see relationships done well, especially such a big relationship in the DC world. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I was so impressed by this comic. A couple of other things that I liked about it, and we're getting into spoilers now. So three, a two, a one. Uh, first one, we got to see Renee Montoya back as the question, which I yes. think is great. Greg Rucka loves her, loves the character. So. As he should. She's fantastic. Yeah, so it's nice to see him bring her back in. But the other thing that I thought was interesting is the cover teases that Lois Lane has uncovered this huge secret in the DC universe. So usually you'd expect it to be something like, you know, there's a super weapon that's going to destroy the Justice League. And there's still an implication that something is going on that we don't know about. But this first issue deals with child separation at the border coming from the president. Speaking of being political. Yes, which is hugely political. They deal with it in a very real way. They deal with it in a way where it doesn't resolve it. You know, I'm glad that it wasn't, and we solved child separation, the end. Uh, Because, you know, there are concentration camps on the southern border right now. Oh my god, this is so fucking horrible. It's awful. It's absolutely awful, and it's good to see comics, which are a medium that are used to deal with these things, actually taking them on odd. It's very unfortunate, given the production schedule for comic books, that they were able to write this in advance enough, and it's still relevant right still now. still hurts. That's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Um, but I'm glad they're saying something about it. And yeah. I know, I'm sure they're going to take a lot of flack for it, yep. uh, which they absolutely shouldn't. If you are giving them flack for talking about politics in a Superman comic book, I recommend you read a little book called Action Comics Number 1. Yeah, well, it's what I'm saying. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it's hard because I can understand that argument because sometimes you're just sick of all the political stuff and you want a little escape, you know? Uh, I tip their half for what they did in this issue, but at the same time, like, I can understand just, like, I just want to read a superhero comic and kind of, like, it be a place where I can just kind of escape and relax and not have to deal with the real world I, I get that, but if you want to do that, read 95% of superhero comics, yeah. you know? It's true. It's so, true. Uh, plenty of them are punch-ups. There's plenty of places you can yep. find that. Uh, in a Lois Lane comic book, if you're going to get Grug yeah. on board and make her a real-world reporter, yeah. great. That's awesome. Love it. I'm, also, I'm a little worried because they talked about it in the issue. They were like, oh, man, there's a picture of you and me kissing, and then... You know, but as Superman. Right. And then Lois is walking around kissing Clark Kent. I mean, come on. Somebody's got to put that together. They're not going to put that together. It's ridiculous. But uh, that's something that's pre-existing. The one thing that kind of helped me back about this book a little bit Mm -hmm. is it feels like it is too tied into the current run on Superman and action comics. Um, I'm curious to hear, if you weren't reading those, how well you could jump into what's going on here, because there's a lot of stuff going on with the couple. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, this is a great book. I'm excited to read more of it. Yeah, me too. Let's move on to a Marvel comic book, Arrow number one, sadly not tied to the delicious bubble-filled chocolate candy from England, but still pretty good nonetheless. Uh, This is a new character that I believe was uh, introduced abroad and then has been brought here. Greg Pak is adapting the character, brought her into the Agents of Atlas War of the Realms crossover, and now she's getting her own book. I thought this was a lot of fun. What did you think about it, Pete? Yeah, it was a great first issue. Like, I also liked how it was split in two, so you got a little bit of different feel for it, uh, but that still felt like the same character. Yeah, I thought this was a good kind of start. I was a little worried about in that first part of it where it was like, 
oh, you know, I have the greatest boyfriend and the greatest life and everything is great. And I'm like, well, why do I care about you? But then it was nice the way it kind of got into things. So, so. you liked how they introduced a character where things seemed to be going well and then there was conflict? Yeah. They should try that more in drama. No. No? No. no. Okay. But uh, I also really liked the second part. Um, yeah, I... I this character didn't seem as interesting, but after reading this, I'm, I'm excited to read more. Yeah, me too. And I always like giving a new character a push like this. Um, I hope it sticks. I hope they continue to explore her, and I'm excited to see where she goes. Next one to talk about, this is a new Image comic book, Sea of Stars, number one. This is from the Team Supreme of Jason Aram and Dennis Hallam is his name now, not Dennis Hopeless. Uh, this is about a boy and his father on a trip in space when things go horribly wrong and they end up on a journey together. Man, this first issue was so good. Right, but I mean, as a father, it's got to make you worried about traveling with your kids. No, whenever I travel with my kids, I always leave my son somewhere and then try to see if he can make his way home. Wow, that's cold-blooded. Yo, they got to learn sometime, right? Oh, About man. getting lost. No, that's, I, I got father. like I got a, a pain in my heart, even joking <laughs> about that. It's about time. Uh, it's, that's the first time in 13 <laughs> years you have cut yourself short of doing that. Yeah. Uh, you look at you, you're growing uh, as a human. Wow. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I'll do it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't take the compliment. This book uh, r- reminded me of two things in particular. Okay. It reminded me a lot of Fear Agent, the book by Rick Remender, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mainly because of the way space. the character is drawn in space, sure, and also a dark story in space that seems like it may only get darker, um, but also Wizard of Oz, because this kid ends up on a journey with some strange creatures. He's going somewhere. It's definitely very different than that uh, in terms of the setup and the plot, but wow. I, I'm very excited I about would this. have never made those two parallels, but... Uh, what was it similar to you? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. Rocky similar. Road ice cream and uh, <laughs> Cherry Garcia. Um, I think that it's a... I don't know, but I really love the art. Really kind of made, uh, created a new world for us to play in here. And also, I think it really captured the kid's voice in such a fun way that was like, you know, here I am in space, yet I'm still bored, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think they do a great job of setting up what the kind of mission statement is and... It does for a first issue. It really does a great job of giving you excited for more. Yeah, this is great. Uh, moving on to another one. This is an advanced review for Dark Horse Comics, out July seventeenth. The Orville number one. Now I gotta say, I've watched the first episode of The Orville. Really didn't like it and haven't watched anything Whoa, else. What the fuck? Have man? you? You seem to be a fan of The Orville. I've watched uh, almost every season except for the last one. Haven't there only been two seasons? No, I think there's three. Uh, okay. If there's only been two seasons, I've seen both seasons. Oh, okay. All right. I've seen every all two seasons except for the last season. <laughs> I've um, actually seen every episode of The Orville except for every episode past the first episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... it's I, I, I thought it was fun. I liked the characters. Um, I'm, I think they also did a good job of like establishing where this is in comparison with the TV show, which is nice. Get that out of the way early, so I'm not like, is this, you know, current? Where does this take place? Uh, but yeah, I really like the f- 
from seeing the show, I really liked where it started and the, him, the main character, kind of being like Seth MacFarlane, being like, I hate dreams. It was really fun. Now his name is Orville? Uh, no, the Orville is the spaceship. Oh, that's confusing. That was in the first episode, you asshole. Eh. <laughs> I'm not sure it was. Uh, but as a fan of the show, you enjoyed this book. You think yeah. it captured the tone and the characters? Yes, very well. Uh, as a non-fan, it was very confusing, and I continued not to like it. But oh. uh, I think this sort of book isn't for me. It is clearly for the hardcore fans uh, like you, who have seen every season except for the last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore fan, but you know, it's got a, it you're checks a lot of, an Orville shirt right it, now. It checks a lot of boxes for yeah, me. Yeah, there's a, a for those of you listening to the podcast. Uh, he has a shirt. It has Seth MacFarlane's character on it, and there's a speech bubble that comes out. It says, "My name is Orville." <laughs> that shirt doesn't I don't, exist. I don't know why you're wearing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought the art and storytelling were great on this. It kind of sets up. A nice adventure that, uh, yeah, I think it, if, if you like the show, definitely worth checking out. If you didn't like the show or hated the show, maybe this will be a little different for you, but it sounds like from Salvin's reaction, it's a no yeah, I'm a I'm a horrible crank who abandons his children at rest stops, so yeah, don't, true. don't listen to me. Moving on to a DC comic book, Deceased number three. Still a weird spelling on the title. I'm going to throw that out <laughs> there. I think that's very important to establish up front. Uh, but a virus has infected the DC universe, turning people into rage zombies infected with the anti-life equation. Batman died the oh. last issue. Alfred had to kill him. Uh, and everybody's reeling from the ramifications of that. Uh, Special oh. Damien, which was like, oh, my God, it was nice to see him care about things. <laughs> uh, this issue, things got even darker. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Well, it's this is a heartbreaking series, but at first I was like, oh, I hate this just because people I love are dying. But I kind of like where it's going now, and it's, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of like DC's answer to marvel zombies a little bit sure but um i don't know i at first i was like this blows but now i'm kind of into it a lot of this issue to me strikes me as 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 bringing home the theme of the series which is making hard choices which is something that's inherent in zombie literature but it happens in particular with mera here and it also happens with superman in a very awful way later in the issue yeah i mean that had to really strike home for you because that's where you keep your parents in the cellar? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I keep my parents in the cellar, keep my kids at the rest stop. Woohoo. Go to the movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, the art is great in this. Yeah. Uh, this was not my favorite issue just because it focuses on the whole Aquaman thing, which I get the whole hey, sea on. of red. I don't know. Come on, dude. What? I don't really get the whole undersea thing. It's not really my thing. Under the sea. Yeah, I love the little mermaid. But I like it because she eventually leaves. Oh, that's fucked up, man. It's too wet. Oh, that's gross. No, no, no. Down there, it's uh, it's been not better where it's wetter. It's uh, on the ground. I don't know the lyrics to that song. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but Deceased is good. I am excited to see how this wraps up. Um, it's clearly Tom Taylor, again, focusing on his favorites like he did with Injustice. But it's a lot of fun and heartbreaking at the same time, uh, which is good stuff. Let's move on to another image comic book, Thumbs Number Two. Now, Thumbs Number Two is we really like Thumbs, the first one. The art, <laughs> we love Thumbs. 
Love four fingers. <laughs> yeah. Big fat of middle fingers. A huge Don't fan. like uh, the ring finger that much. And pinkies, number one. Yeah, pinkies are the great. Yeah, by the way, uh, tune into our uh, finger ranking <laughs> podcast. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Thumbs was a number of things of the first issue, but it posits a world that has been left barren and wasted after virtual reality has taken over. People essentially having their souls, not literally, but figuratively sucked out by technology. There's a lot of sci-fi weirdness going on here. Um, I really like this issue as well. How do you feel about it? Yeah, this issue is great. It really uh, kind of sets up on what the first Thumbs... Uh, established and moved the f- story forward uh, in a g- big way. I really liked where it ended up as well. I-, I think they're doing a great job of creating this world and kind of dealing with uh, the aspects of technology kind of taking over in a, in a way that is creative and fun. And it for me, it's uh, the coloring kind of reminds me of like Sin City, uh, you know, type with the different kind of like patchy kind of color stuff. It's great. Yeah, I can see that also in some of the designs of the characters. But what I like a lot is the pacing of this comic as well, because it goes from dense pockets of information to washes where there's nothing but the art. I think there's a double-page shred where somebody's just driving on a motorcycle for a little bit, but it works very nicely for the book. Uh, And it helps vary it up because there is a lot of information you need to pick up on. Uh, But at the same time, it's focusing on this family, and it's focusing on this family dynamic and these characters. So in between all the sci-fi weirdness, it's not losing the characters, which I feel a lot of books do. Yeah. All right, definitely pick that up. Next one, uh, this is a character I think you might have heard of from Marvel Comics, The Punisher number 13. The Punisher is back in New York City, and he's back doing what he does best, which is murdering people. Oh, Pete, so great. How are you feeling about this? Oh, I, I just feel fantastic. And what's great is it's kind of setting up things that were established in the Daredevil book of Kingpin being the mayor and like how he's kind of dealing with crime in his city. And then also how the Punisher is going to kind of deal with that. And, you know, um, you know, he, he doesn't care who you are. You know, he's equal opportunity. You know, if you're an evil lady, you're going to die, you know? Yeah. You know, so... Cool. It was great. I, I'll tell you what. I still don't like The Punisher that much, <laughs> which you may know, Pete. Yeah. Uh, but this book is so much fun. Yeah. It, it's so... Uh, I don't love the murdering aspects. Um, I do like... There's a scene in the book where the cops show The Punisher. They're like, hey, there's some of us We're cops cool. th- that really support you, and they have a little skull on their car, and The Punisher's like... No, I'm not like you. You support order. I just kill people. Well, I appreciate him drawing the line there and putting himself firmly on the side of the criminals, which makes things very clear because he's a bad guy. Fuck you. That's not what he did. No, no, no. In that speech, it's pretty clear that he's like, I'm a villain. You're good guys. Arrest me. No, you read it wrong. Mm, What he's saying is you guys are supposed to be better than me. You are for, you know, obeying the law. I'm being the asshole vigilante here and going above and beyond the law. You guys got to stay within the law because you're supposed to be the law and order. It would have been better if he said you were you guys are one bad picnic away from me. 
I think a, that would fuck you. I think that would make it much clearer. You're an asshole. Here's what I loved about this book. So uh, the ongoing arc here that they've been constructing is Baron Zemo. Oh yeah, is the big bad guy. Uh, Punisher's pretty pissed at him for everything that he did back in. Oh god, uh, not Secret Invasion or Secret War. The one where Captain America was a Nazi Hydra leader. Whatever that was, he's pretty bummed and upset about that. So he's been hunting Baron Zemo for a while. Uh, They're back in New York, and this is a big spoiler for the end of the issue, but I laughed out loud when this happened. Kingpin is talking to Baron Zemo, who technically is seeking asylum in New York. He was the leader of his own country. Punisher blew up that country, so he had to head back to New York. Uh, And Kingpin is helping him out and saying, listen, just keep things on the down low. And Baron Zemo essentially tricks him into, this is the big spoiler, reestablishing the Thunderbolts oh. at the end, which even Kingpin is like, oh, my God, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he, <laughs> like, what? stops reading the prompter midway. That was a fun moment. It's so fun. And yeah. I can't wait to see this. What I think uh, Matt Rosenberg has been doing so well in this title is making the Punisher work in the Marvel Universe, which we talk about a lot on the podcast, but is so hard to do. But he's doing a good job here by amping up every single aspect of everything. And it's great. Yeah, he is killing it writing for the Punisher. Super fun. Doing a lot of great writing. Let's move on to another Dark Horse comic book, uh, also out July 17th, The Quiet Kind, number one. I gotta tell you, I don't know what was going on in this book, but it was very pretty to look at. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it, to me, it kind of plays off this thing of like, you know, you don't trust the quiet ones, you know, okay. the, ki- the quiet kids are, you know, you know, maybe the psychopaths or whatever, you know, and so like, here's what if those quiet rage chill kids were given powers and the, you know, everything unravels the universe, you know, powers. Huh. You got a lot more from it than I did. Uh, It keeps jumping back and forth in time and place and everything. So, again, for me, it was a little hard to keep track of. Uh, But I did like what I was able to follow. Uh, It felt a little bit like Harry Potter meets Pokemon at points. What? Yeah. Were you talking about Detective Pikachu? No. There the were, new movie? There were, no, there was an entire Pokemon franchise before Detective Pikachu, Pete. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. Oh, my God. Now you're just riling me up. <laughs> How's it feel? Uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. Uh, but it feels like that with all the creature fights that are going on and the magic and the other things. Uh, it's an oversized book, too, so there's plenty of value there. The art alone is worth it. Yeah, I think so. It's fun. It's fun characters. Uh, the creatures are weird. There's a backup story with a fox that I like quite a bit. Uh, that was a little more straightforward to me. Uh, yeah. But there you go. Yeah, also, it's what's great is it's you know you don't underestimate the little people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last one to talk about from DC Comics, Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, number one. This is bringing back Doom Patrol after a big break. I believe this is actually technically the 13th issue of the series, even though they're soft rebooting it. Uh, I thought this was great. I mean, particularly as a fan of the TV show. I don't know why you would have watched the TV show and not be reading the comic books, but it smooths right in there, uh, picking up with those characters. There's some new status quo for Robot Man that's great, uh, Elastigirl, Flex Mentalo, everybody else, but it brings you right into the fold in the weirdest, funniest, goofiest way possible. I thought this issue was so good. Uh, I love the Tomb Patrol TV series. Uh, I love this comic up until the last page. It kind of broke my heart at the it's end. It's supposed to be sad, though. Yeah, well, fuck you. 
All right. I mean, I didn't write it or draw it or anything like that, but I'll take your insult. Okay, great. Um, I Yeah, I just think that it's so creative and such a fun team and a crazy kind of group. But I really loved how they put them together, and I felt like they kind of really handled the different voices well. The art was amazing. I thought this was a great, great book, great issue as far as a first issue to kind of get you excited for more. Just the last part was a little too heartbreaking. Well, that's so sad, but it sets up what's going to happen next. It follows for what happens in the rest of the book because there is some sad things being weaved throughout, and that's classic Doom Patrol, right? It's not all goofy fun. It's usually tragic at the same time. Yeah, I know. Deal with it, Pete. It still hurts, man. I'm sorry. If you'd like to hurt less, support us at <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Oh also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. I don't know if we can guarantee people you're going to hurt less. You support our podcast and your pain will go away. Oh, my God. What is that? Oh, I mean, maybe we can a help bit. a little bit with putting some smile on some people's faces or no, man. having a laugh or something. But Are you uh, suffering from heartache oh my God. <laughs> or physical pain? Oh my God. Donate to our <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> and your pain will go oh, away oh my God. instantly. What do you want to plug, Pete? Uh, friend us on Facebook. Beyond be my brain pills. <laughs> <laughs> friend us on Facebook. So you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the comic book shop or the ice cream shop. They sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. And occasionally they